Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Pardon the interruption. I hope you're enjoying the Kurt Angle show. Did you know that there's an official store for the podcast? It's called boxagimmicks.com. It's where you can find shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, and more all related to the Kurt Angle show. It is one of the best ways to support the podcast. So check out boxagimmicks.com and thank you for listening to the Kurt Angle show. Thank you for listening and supporting this podcast. But now is the time to level up and take the next step and become a member of ad-free shows. Top Guy Weekend is in the books, and the planning is already underway for the next event. There is a big-time buzz still going on from the event in Chicago, and many have already secured their spot for next year's event as a result. You can, too. Become an annual Top Guy member today at adfreeshows.com. And if you're still curious about the buzz but not yet sure, we have a special offer going on right now. Head on over to adfreeshows.com today and try it out for free for the remainder of September. Yes, free. Sign up at any tier and simply message ad-free once you've signed up and they will issue a full refund for the month. There's never been a better complimentary piece to your wrestling fandom than becoming a member at adfreeshows.com right now. So head over now and begin enjoying all the perks for free Again, adfreeshows.com. Hey, everybody. Before we get going today, I just wanted to let you know how much we appreciate your support here for the podcast. Even after all these years, we're still having a lot of fun, and we hope you are too. But behind the scenes, man, I'm still doing my first love. I'm helping people save money at savewithconrad.com. And that's really why I started podcasting to begin with, to help listeners nationwide, just like myself, wrestling fans who knew where they wanted to be, but they just weren't exactly sure how to get there. I think most of us have the same goals. We want our piece of the American dream, right? We want to own a home. We'd like to pay it off if possible, maybe one day a vacation home, but we certainly want to help our kids. We don't want them to be saddled with student loans. We don't want to be drowning in credit card debt. We just want the peace of mind of knowing that we've made the best decisions for our family. And that's what my family is dedicated to doing over at SaveWithConrad.com. Don't take my word for it. Check out our reviews, conradreviews.com. Check out what my man Nicholas up in Lexington, South Carolina wrote. He gave us a five-star review and he says, Francis, Larry, which is my dad, and Holly were great to deal with and answered questions I didn't even know to ask. I tried to refinance over a year ago and wasn't able to. In that year, my debt only increased and I wanted to give it another shot and I'm so glad I did. Your team not only got me a lower interest rate, but saved me $800 a month in credit card debt while keeping the same monthly payment. My credit score has also jumped 92 points in less than two months. I highly recommend using SaveWithConrad.com for your refinance needs, or you can be an undercover hillbilly and keep overpaying. Well, I appreciate that. I don't want you to keep overpaying. I want you to keep more of your own money. Thanks for the five-star review, Nicholas. We greatly appreciate your support. And guys, we're licensed in more than 40 states. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. If we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. 
Punch it in your phone right now. You'll be glad you did. It's savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. Well, he won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. He's a real athlete, so give him your respect. He's got intensity, integrity, intelligence, too. Oh, it's true, it's damn true. So if he ever finds you and you're chanting you suck, then he'll douse you in dairy with his big milk truck. And with one angle slam, he'll lay you out on the floor. So listen up, it's time to go. It's the Kurt Angle Show. Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On today's episode, we'll be discussing Unforgiven 2001 pay-per-view, the night I defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin for the WWE Championship. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Conrad Thompson. How are you doing today, Conrad? Man, I'm excited to be here. This show feels like it was forever ago, but it really wasn't. It was just 20 years ago. But boy, the world sure has changed. Just a little before this pay-per-view, and of course, uh, what we know is coming right after this pay-per-view, it's going to be, uh, a little rowdy in the world wrestling federation, but we're on the heels of a pretty major event. And no, I'm not talking about the prior month's pay-per-view SummerSlam. I'm talking about nine 11. Uh, and as you and I are, are recording this show, not too long ago, we just passed the 20 year anniversary of nine 11 and, uh, that whole SmackDown that happened in Houston, right after nine 11, you were in the main event. And afterwards, grabbed the mic after you picked up a win over Rhino and got the whole crowd chanting USA. What a weird time it was, but how fitting it was that our American hero went on last. It was pretty awesome. It, it was a great moment for me because I was representing our country uh, for the, the first ever, the first sporting event that opened up since what happened in 9-11, the tragedy. tragedy. So uh, we, we were the first ones to do it. And what we were doing was we were sending a message to the bad people that we're not going to lay down. We're not going to sit back and just give up. We're going to, we're going to move on with our lives. And, you know, Vince McMahon had faith in me to carry the show in the main event because I was an Olympic gold medalist and I represented the USA. And just 12 days after that tragedy, we had the unforgiven pay-per-view and we're going to talk about it in long form, but let's sort of piece it together. But I just want to give everybody a heads up as we start this episode that the whole nine 11 attacks are at the forefront of everyone's mind as this pay-per-view is going down, but this is a pretty special show too, for you personally, because unforgiven is your hometown, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And you're in the main event against the biggest star there ever was for the world title. And you're getting the win. This has got to be one of the biggest moments of your entire career, right? Oh, without a doubt. It was the biggest moment of my career. Um, you know, I did beat the rock for the WWE championship the year prior, but this one was even more special because of nine 11 and because of what I was representing at the pay-per-view, you know, I wasn't supposed to win that match that got changed at the last second. I came up with the idea that nine 11 occurred and you know, the country's down and everybody's, you know, nervous and uptight. And I thought, you know, let's, let's give this country a boost in the arm, a booster shot and uh, have the Olympic hero, American hero, win the pay-per-view. So I went to Vince and I told him that and he said, well, you're going to have to talk to Steve Austin. So I had to call Steve and see if he would agree to it. He agreed hundred percent. So 
I wasn't supposed to beat Austin for the world title. Um, that happened because of nine 11. So let's get into it. Um, we covered Milkomania in depth in the archives. Be sure to check that out. Coming off raw, there's a live SmackDown in Denver at the Pepsi Center. There you're going to beat Chris Canyon in a non-title match in three minutes and 43 seconds. Of course, Canyon is going to be a subject of Dark Side of the Ring coming up, uh, and a lot of people I think are going to learn a lot about Mr. Canyon, both in the ring and behind the scenes, who he was. But he was a very, I don't know, ahead of his time wrestler, very innovative for the time. But you don't really get to see a ton of that in three minutes and 43 seconds. Do you have any fond memories of wrestling, Mr. Canyon? He was great in the ring. Uh, you know, he had, he had every talent that you needed to be in uh, pro wrestling. He, he had a lot of success in WCW. I just don't think we utilized them properly to his fullest potential in WWE. I'm not sure what happened there, how we dropped the ball, but he was really talented. You're absolutely right. You wind up working with Rhino a lot at the house shows and even main eventing a lot with him. Rhino, of course, is fresh off of an ECW world title run. Uh, and obviously he's one of your traveling companion, you know, with, uh, with edge and Christian, you guys would really pal around together. Was Rhino ready to be a top guy in your mind at that time? I think Rhino, he probably could have gone a little bit further. Uh, I loved his character. I loved, uh, his in, in ring style. I mean, he, he looked apart. He looked like a rhino, you know, he, he was one, you know, he was a fierce animal that, you know, charged and gored you. And, uh, but I think that his mic skills were a little, you know, unpolished and, uh, not as up to par as what Vince would like. So I think that might've held him back a little bit. It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late to find yourself at a railway crossing, waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there, you may feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't ever to the naked eye trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are. And they can't stop quickly. Even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop over a mile to stop by that time. It's too late. And the result is a potentially deadly crash. The point is you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly. Even if it sees you, it ends in disaster. And if the signals are on, the train is on its way. And you just need to remember one thing. Stop. Trains can't. You're scheduled on raw from grand rapids on August 27th, the main event with Chris Jericho against Steve Austin and Rob Van Dam. But wouldn't you know it, Austin is suffering from a broken arm. So Austin chooses Raven to replace him. Was Austin just uh pretty beat down physically at this point? He'd been running hard for a long time. No, I think at this point that that was more of a heat getting angle. They, they wanted him to pretend fake an injury, uh, to, to dodge me in that match. So Austin was trying to find an, uh, a formidable opponent for me uh, during the night, which eventually I, I think I beat up Ryan, uh, Raven and took him out for the night. And uh, Austin had to get somebody else, but for, you know, it was, it was a story. It was storyline driven. I just wondered, you know, a lot of times, uh, art imitates life. And when a guy has, um, cause we would see the sort of the evolution of Austin, right? He had, no knee braces and then one knee brace and then a second knee brace. And then the whole, uh, Owen Hart, 
head trauma injury. And then, then the whole neck stuff. And before you know it, I mean, he's just really racking it up and you could, you could really identify with that. I mean, you were worse for wear at different parts during your career and still feeling those bumps and bruises today. Did you ever have a conversation with Austin about the real life injuries that he was trying to work through in this era? Well, I knew he was struggling with his knees and, you know, his neck, he never really sold it. Uh, even after the surgery he came back, uh, he was, he was a hundred percent and he was going hard. Um, but what, what happened with him and the reason why he retired is his back started to go too. And, uh, he, he was really, uh, playing with fire because when he get up on the second rope to pose his legs would twitch really hard. Wow. And, it was noticeable on camera. So Vince McMahon was like uh, telling Kevin Dunn, the producer, don't film, don't show shots of Austin's lower body, just as of his upper body, because his back was starting to go too. And uh, um, you know, that, that was, he was going to have to have surgery again. And um, you know, he went to the doctor and th th that's what the doctor said. And uh, you know, he, the, the doctor actually said, I can fix you. And Austin was like, I think Austin just got a little worried that um, this injury was going to get worse and worse. And even if he had surgery, uh, it was, it was going to, it was going to be bad. So he actually walked out of the doctor's office and didn't even answer him. He just uh, left because he didn't believe he needed surgery. I think he just thought that he was done. So Raven is uh, the guy who's chosen to replace Austin in storyline at this point. And as you mentioned, you're going to destroy him backstage to take him out of the main event. Now Austin is tasked with finding another replacement. Before we talk about that replacement, you spent some time with Raven over the years. Uh, what do you think of Raven as a performer? Oh, I loved him. I, I thought his character was intriguing. Um, you know, I love the, I don't care attitude, uh, the dark look and everything like that. The, the crazy thing is he was the opposite. His personality, you know, he was bright, always positive, uh, had a smile on his face during the day, but at night, you know, it was that serious Raven, that mystery, uh, you know, character. And, uh, it was just the complete opposite of what he was. Uh, let's talk about, uh, who does get the replacement spot. This is, uh, from the observer recap of that raw. Stasiak set up this sour milk and chunks and all sorts of gross stuff in a bucket on the door as a trick for angle. Instead, Deborah came in and got doused and freaked out. Stasiak and Keebler, when they saw it was Deborah, ran out of the building. Austin did a promo as Deborah and he thought it was a trick played by Angle. Austin talked about Angle messing with his prize possession. Deborah thought it was her, but Austin cleared up that he meant the WWF world title which is a silly, but fun skit, but this is just right up your alley in this era. Is it not? Yes. I love this kind of comedy and Austin was really good at it. You know, the crazy thing about Austin, he was over as a baby. He was over as a heel. Uh, anything he did, anything he touched turned into gold. Um, he, he was able to make the most out of anything, especially the pre-tapes. And, you know, he improvised a lot of it and it was just crazy how good he was. Yeah, the main event winds up winds up being uh, Angle and Jericho versus Taz and RVD. The match had heat and was good. Rob Van Dam hit a splash on Angle and Taz went for the pin uh, for a near fall, which got a big pop. Rob Van Dam then misses a moonsault off the barricades outside, and Jericho put, Jericho put him in the walls on the floor. Uh, Austin finally got out of the sling and posted Jericho, 
Angle reverses the Taz mission into the Angle Slam for the pin. Austin then nails Angle after the match with the title belt and took his two medals as the show go off show goes off the air. So a hot finish where you're getting the win, but Austin's uh, quote unquote getting his heat back right away. Uh, you had to be loving this. You 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 probably never had a dance opponent like Austin before this, where everything he did was just quote unquote over, right? Oh yes. Uh, like I said before, you know, whatever he did turned into gold. He, he was so creative and, uh, innovative with everything he did. Even, you know, the redneck character was actually super over, he, you know, the beer drinker and whether he was a baby or a heel, um, he was able to get himself over to a degree that, uh, was above everybody else. People loved it. That's for sure. Let's, uh, let's talk about something here that I want to mention in the observer that I thought really made a lot of sense. Meltzer would write, they're trying to make angle into Austin by repeating a lot of the things they did in 97 and 98 with Austin and creatively, that's kind of hard to argue. You know, he had the beer truck, you had the milk truck, you know, some of those sort of things. Did you see the similarities between Austin's push and yourself? Cause I know you were at least watching in 98. Yes. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the old quote, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sure. Words, if it works, do it over again. And the thing is, Austin was still related to it. Yes. It's the stuff he did to others. And this was the time where he's getting it back to him. And I, I think that, that, you know, the story of coming full circle, like it did with Stone Cold, is actually a pretty cool storyline because he was still part of it. He was just getting it done to him instead of doing it to them. The next night in Detroit for the SmackDown taping, you cut a promo that you're looking for your medals and uh, you want a title shot, but instead of Steve Austin coming out, it's Booker T and Shane McMahon come out. And now it's Booker versus yourself in the main event. Of course you beat up Booker and Shane. And then Austin appears on the screen and says, you'll have to meet him in the parking lot to get him back. So of course you go searching for Austin. Uh, and you can imagine what's going to happen here. He's nowhere to be found, but Tommy dreamers there. You kick his ass and keep it moving before we go any further. Any good Tommy dreamer stories you can share with us? No, but, uh, you know, with Tommy, we, we would always rib him about, uh, losing every match that he ever wrestled. <laughs> he was, it, it was crazy because this guy, this is how special he was. The fans never gave up on him. Right. He lost almost every match of his career, at least in WWE and the fans never gave up. They believed in him. And, and when you lose that many times, the fans lose faith in you and they just give up on you. And with him, uh, he had the fans in the palm of his hands. It was a, an incredible relationship. We've seen anything like that before. Very well done. Uh, of course, you're going to keep moving. And then Austin attempts to run you over just like he had done to him at Survivor Series 99. Take me through this. I mean, here you are an Olympic gold medalist. And they're saying, okay, Kurt, here's what we got in mind. We're going to have Steve Austin hit you with a fucking car today. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was hoping there was a stunt double, but no, <laughs> we had to do it on our own. You know, all you had to do is uh, get out of the way. <laughs> that's, that, that's the number one thing you had to worry about was if, you know, and Austin, he's going to come, he's going to come really close. He's, he's you know, he, he's one of those guys that likes to rib you. He actually used to do it uh, whenever we would leave the arena. When I first started, 
Austin would see me and he'd start running me down with a car and I'd have to run, get out of the way. And he would run, drive right by me. And he'd like, give me the finger. <laughs> it was like, Oh my God, like this guy's <laughs> crazy. He's trying to run me over. Like in real life, it was, it was hilarious, but we ended up doing it again, but on TV. All right, folks, let's run a timeout right now to talk about our friends at chirp. Chirp is a brand dedicated to helping the world feel good so they can do more of the stuff they love. In other words, Chirp is all about feel good, do more. To do this, Chirp creates simple, innovative, and effective pain relief and prevention solutions. Chirp started with a revolutionary wheel for back pain, but they really are just getting started. I got to tell you, our experience with Chirp here at the Thompson household has been huge. Uh, Mrs. Thompson hurt her back several years ago, and now whenever she maybe overdoes it at the gym or comes home bragging about a PR, I know what's going to happen later that night. She's going to be in the floor rolling around with Chirp. Chirp is all about helping people feel good and do more, and this back pain is preventing millions of people from feeling their best. When they don't feel their best, they're limited at what they can do, and Chirp can fix that. With Chirp's patent-pending spinal canal and three different pressure options to choose from, Chirp will help your back feel better so you can be back to doing what you love in no time. The key features that make this product stand out are that there's three different pressure sizes, gentle, medium, and deep. Spinal canal to comfort your spine as our wheel gives your back a unique four-way stretch. Each wheel can hold up to 500 pounds and they can be nested together for easy travel to take with you wherever you go. Visit GoChirp.com and enter the promo code ANGLE to save 10% off site-wide. That's GoChirp.com and the promo code is ANGLE to save 10% off site-wide. That's GoChirp.com and be sure to use the promo code ANGLE to save yourself some cash. Get 10% off at GoChirp.com with the promo code ANGLE. <laughs> so you avoid it. Of course, thankfully you're not ran over. Austin drives away. You do get your match with Booker T in the main event. You get the win, but it's not before Austin throws your medals in the river. And it's kind of funny because again, this is something he did, uh, with, um, st- w- with the rock before in the intercontinental title, but now it's with your gold medals. And of course, before anyone asked, no, they weren't his actual gold medals. <laughs> uh, the next night at raw, you're in Toronto at the air Canada center. Uh, is Toronto your favorite town to wrestle in in Canada or does another stick out Toronto and uh, Montreal? They're both, they have great passionate fans. Um, a lot of fun to wrestle up there. Canadian fans are some of the most passionate fans in the world, especially in Montreal and Toronto. So, uh, something less than awesome happens here. Um, you kidnap Steve Austin in a truck. You're driving him to the river. You're threatening to throw him off a bridge. And there's an issue with USA, even though this is all pre-taped. Here's what the observer said. Finally, the signal came back on with Deborah in mid speech, doing some of the worst acting, even by raw standards, crying, begging angle, not to throw Austin over the bridge since he's her husband should be noted that there was a major rainstorm in Toronto live, but because this was pre-taped, no such problem. But it confused the hell out of the people leaving the ACC, not figuring out why it was pouring and it wasn't where Austin and Angle were. Somehow, in all of this physical comedy, Austin either jammed or broke his left thumb, but was still able to work the next night. Angle made Austin beg and cry, threatening to kill him, but before killing him, changed his mind and decided he wanted a title shot at Unforgiven in Pittsburgh, which, of course, the crowd booed heavily. As if by magic, a waiting pool suddenly appeared on a deserted bridge. Angle shoved Austin into the pool where he floundered about while Angle drove off and left him. 
Uh, this is some silly shit, but I imagine you had fun with it. I did have fun with it, but it's kind of crazy that there was an actual pull <laughs> on the bridge. Just happened to be there. <laughs> silly, but, but fun. Um, you know, it, it was it was a lot of fun. I, I especially being around Steve and the experience he had and uh, what he brought to the table. Uh, a lot of the stuff we did was his idea. So um, it, it was a lot of fun working with Steve because he was really creative. So I'm, I'm curious, the, uh, the part where you're threatening to kill him. I mean, this is something that is almost like no man's land in wrestling, you know, like you can talk about, I'm going to kick your butt and I'm going to leave you land and I'm going to put you in the hospital, but rarely do you hear someone say, I'm going to kill you. Uh, were, were you comfortable with this creative or did you think, well, it's just acting who cares? Well, a little bit of both. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is kind of offensive to say, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's even in pro wrestling, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I was going to throw him off a bridge handcuffed. Obviously I was going to kill him if I threw him off. So why not just say it? <laughs> Uh, the next night you're back in Toronto for a live SmackDown. The music plays during the main event of Austin versus Rob Van Dam. Of course you get a gigantic pop RVD takes advantage of Austin being distracted. He's schoolboy stone cold and he gets the win. And I think some people, if you're trying to poke holes in the booking would say, well, it hurts Austin to lose here. But to me, it shows that no, he's really more worried about you than he is Rob Van Dam. Do you think this distraction finish and the schoolboy is overused in wrestling at this point? Oh, definitely. <laughs> you know, I think we got a little bit lazy. Uh, it's kind of acceptable with uh, the wrestlers and, and with the fans. You know, they see that, you know, when, you, when they're wrestling and somebody comes out and music plays and someone gets a quick finish, that happens quite a bit. So I think the fans know when that occurs that it's going to happen. Sometimes guys do kick out of it, continue on. But for the most part, that's when the match is over. Do you think it confused the audience? I mean, after you see Rob Van Dam pin the champ, do you think perhaps some people thought, well, wait a minute, this must mean they're building towards Rob Van Dam in Austin or, or did that not confuse the issue? At least to you, I didn't to me because it was a quick finish. You know, he snuck it. It wasn't like, uh, he, he did it fairly, you know, Austin got distracted. So that, that that's one excuse that you can, you know, that Austin can claim. But, you know, for the most part, it was, you know, it, it, it happens. So, uh, but, but I'm okay with them pushing RVD at the same time. Why not push two wrestlers and not just one? And I think they were trying to push RVD at that particular time. I believe a couple months after where we had a triple threat match uh, with Austin, myself, and RVD. So they were building RVD up at this particular moment. Well, the next time you're in raw, which is on the 10th. So the day before nine 11, you're going to be taking on Rob Van Dam. It's going to be a hardcore match. Uh, and it is pretty hardcore. I mean, they're doing all the crazy stuff, including coming off the ramp, but ultimately you wind up getting stretchered out in a neck brace. And it's almost as if we're positioning like, Hey, the pay-per-view main event could be in jeopardy. What do you remember about that night? Yeah, I got thrown off the stage and, uh, they wanted me to, uh, act like I hurt my neck and that I wasn't going to be able to wrestle to show that the pay-per-view was in jeopardy. Um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that it, it, it could work and it couldn't work. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really tough, uh, it's a tough storyline to portray. I mean, you know, uh, being injured, 
And, uh, you know, the pay-per-view coming up, it's probably not the smartest move to do that, but I think that they wanted me to look like I was working from underneath. Tell us about, uh, taking the big bump off of the ramp. You know, we know later when you're in TNA, you're going to become a bit of a, uh, a daredevil and you're just going to do it yourself. But here, when, uh, when, Ang, when Austin is throwing you off the ramp, any concern or hesitation about how that's done? Do y'all do it, do a walkthrough earlier in the day? I mean, I know there's a crash pad or something, but still it's something you've never done before. Do you do it for the first time in front of an audience? Uh, you, you can, I mean, it's not that crazy of a bump. It's probably about eight or 10 feet and you know, you have a crash pad down there. Uh, you land on your feet and drop and roll. So it's, it's not that bad. I mean, you, you could blow your knee out possibly, but for the most part, it's relatively safe. I've always just been fascinated by pro wrestling because, you know, in, in traditional, you know, we'll call it Hollywood movies, man, they just do take after take after take. And here in pro wrestling, most of the time, Hey, it's just what happens happens. And a lot of times performers are asked to do something that they've never done in quote unquote practice. They've never had a, a rehearsal and just, we're just going to do the stunt and we'll film it. And hopefully it turns out. Okay. And I'll be damned if most of the time it doesn't turn out just fine. <laughs> I know sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't, but, uh, you know, you, you, you play your cards and you, you get what you're dealt with. <laughs> so as a reminder on this day, you win the hardcore title, but on this day, you immediately lose it because after that big bump off the ramp, RVD winds up with an arm draped over you and ta-da, he's got it back. But all that sort of funny, haha, because the next morning, less than 12 hours after that, the world changes. Uh, carry us through nine 11, very briefly, how you found out what was going on. Were you in bed? Did someone give you a call? What did that look like when you first learned of the tragedy of the morning of Tuesday, September 11th? Well, I was in a hotel room in, uh, Houston, Texas, uh, waking up, getting ready for SmackDown. I turned on the TV and I saw airplanes fly right into the twin towers. They kept showing it over and over again. And it was shocking. I mean, the whole country shut down. Everybody was scared. Everybody was nervous. Um, I got a call by Johnny Laurinaitis saying that SmackDown was canceled, but stay put because we might end up doing something in a day or two. And uh, he said he, he's not sure right now, but they might possibly do something uh, later on in the week. So, you know, we I just sat there in a the hotel room. You couldn't do anything. A lot of people were scared to go anywhere. Uh, you know, you, you felt like if you were around a big crowd, uh, that would leave you vulnerable. So you want to kind of stay put and stay in a private room and uh, kind of wait it out, and make sure that the security in the United States was a lot tighter. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with us. Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer-lasting erections. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder, stronger erections to combat all forms of ED, erectile dysfunction. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, 
consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here. That's exactly right, Kurt. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ANGLE at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code ANGLE to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. So you're, you're a husband at the time. And I believe a father at the time, what's that like? I mean, here you are across the country from where you live, this big tragedy's happened. Are you just wearing out the phone back home? Want to check on everybody, make sure they're okay. Cause that feels like a really stressful place for a husband and a father to be separated during that time. Yeah, it was stressful. I called back, made sure everybody was okay. And, uh, you know, uh, they were keeping in touch with me all day and uh, relaying messages to me because what happened was an airplane uh, about an hour and a half away from Pittsburgh, uh, one of those airplanes crashed into the hills. And uh, it was it was actually a scary situation. You know, my family thought, uh, you know, there, there could be other airplanes in the air close by. So uh, it, it was it was actually a crazy situation. It's just weird to think, you know, um, back then everything was different. You know, it's not like you had the internet in your pocket. Everybody has that now with their cell phones, but some folks didn't have cell phones. And if they did, a lot of folks didn't have text messaging capacity and there weren't emails on the phone and you know, with all the flights being canceled. And I mean, it was a, it was a scary time and I can't imagine being separated from your, your, your real family, but now you have your wrestling family, but. Nobody really has answers. It's not like if you can get a hold of someone, they say, Oh, well, here's the manual and we're supposed to do X, Y, Z, right? You just had to sit and wait. Uh, it, it was and, and time went by very slowly. It, it was a very difficult time waiting it out and making sure that it wasn't going to happen again and seeing what the country was going to do, how we were going to respond to it. Uh, you know, were they going to shut everything down and keep it closed? for the next several weeks or were they going to open up again? And, you know, our, our whole life changed uh, from that day forward. I mean, airports became a lot more secure. You obviously couldn't get through uh, security uh, with certain things that you used to be able to now, you know, everything was off limits. It was crazy. I want to mention too the, uh, the show we sort of briefly touched on at the top, the, the tribute show, if you will, right after nine 11, your main eventing rhino there, which really doesn't line up with what you were doing on camera. I mean, when we saw you most recently, you were stretched out in a neck brace, but we forget all that because America, I mean, we're trying to do a tribute show. And I think that was the right call, uh, in Nashville on the 17th, you have the first raw since the attack. You're in a promo battle with Rob Van Dam. That leads to a main event of, uh, you and Jericho against Austin and Rob Van Dam. You get the win over Austin. Uh, and then we do a taping in uh, Memphis the next night for SmackDown. Austin and Taz attack you and pile drive you on the concrete. You're stretchered out again 
this time claiming you can't feel your arms. That feels as if that was the original plan. If nine 11 wouldn't have happened, would that be a fair guess? Yes. I mean, uh, I think they, they had to reboot it, they, you know, with the, me wrestling Rhino and nothing was wrong with my neck the following week after Austin threw me off the stage. It was kind of weird that I was okay the following week wrestling Rhino. And then the week after we had to reboot the program, the storyline and show that I injured my neck again. So it was kind of like a reboot. I want to mention at the end of the night, you do make your return after Austin defeats to Jerry, you rip off your neck brace to show you're okay. Some people would think, boy, we're hot shotting this when earlier in the same show, he was saying, I might be paralyzed. I can't feel my arms, blah, blah, blah. I know we can just lay on the convenient excuse of, well, he has a stinger, but in old school, traditional wrestling, we would have stretched it out, but I don't think this is necessarily WWE's fault here because you got to think that nine 11 SmackDown. When you lose that, you sort of have to just push everything along, but we still want to wind up here at unforgiven, uh, which is where we are. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 13,855 fans, a tremendous gate, $648,115, which is a near sellout. And uh, I think you even had your family ringside for the show. This is a big moment in your career. Is it not? Oh yeah. It was the biggest moment in my pro wrestling career you know, I had, I was in my hometown, Pittsburgh wrestling the biggest star of all time uh, with my family there. Uh, this was a huge, uh, special moment for me. Well, let's go back and relive it. Let's fire up the Peacock network. Let's go to unforgiven season four, episode one. I know that's silly boys and girls. It should just be called unforgiven 2001, but bear with us. Uh, we want you to pull up season four, episode one of unforgiven, go to two hours, six minutes and 24 seconds. That time code again is two hours, six minutes and 24 seconds. We want you at home to go ahead and mute. Kurt's going to mute. I'm going to let the audio play. You'll hear it through our side and then we'll uh, take it down. Once we get through the recap video and just sort of tell you what Kurt was thinking as he watches this really important match, Kurt, I'm ready on my end. Are you ready on your end? I'm trying to, <laughs> well, we're going to do a little countdown. We'll do three. Okay, here we go. Here we go. We're ready. I'm going to do three, two, one. And when I say play, we'll press play. Here we go. In three, two, one, play. The main event here tonight for the WWF Championship. This has been a war. We saw what these two men did at SummerSlam to each other, but it didn't stop there. Austin at SummerSlam. I was nice enough to kick out of three Stone Cold Stunners. My God, Angle kicked out, and Austin cannot believe it. Only to see yourself get disqualified. The three referees Austin has taken out because you realized you couldn't beat your Olympic hero. Kurt Angle just got screwed by God out of the WWF title. Then the following night, you had your little Austin Appreciation Night, and again. Was nice enough to drive all the way in. Kurt Angle's driving a milk truck and supply you with some good wholesome milk. Milkomania is running wild and Austin and the Elias getting humiliated by Kurt Angle. Stone Cold will not forget this night. Kurt Angle has been bitten by the rattlesnake. Oh, come on. Austin 
this put it Kurt Angle's gold medals around his neck. Those medals symbolize everything that Kurt Angle is about. You said I never have none of these. Stone Cold Steve Austin's got two of them. They belong to you. I said they belong to you, Kurt. What will you do, Kurt, to get these gold medals back? Are you too proud to beg for them, Kurt? Get on your hands and knees and cry for me, Kurt. Go and cry. Cry for me, Kurt. This is what means everything to me. These mean nothing to me. And if you won't beg for me, if you won't cry for me, they don't mean nothing to you. That you did to my gold medals. Cry for me, Austin. What? You're pathetic. You're a joke. Come on, Austin, cry. Come on, cry, Austin. There's one thing. I want more than anything. I want a return match for the WWF title. You got it. When? Unforgiven. What? I've been humiliated and embarrassed for the last time by Kurt Angle. I gotta whip somebody's ass tonight because I cannot wait for Unforgiven. Wait! Oh my God! Austin just threw Kurt Angle right off the stage. Stone Cold Steve Austin has made a powerful statement. You will not embarrass Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're a desperate man, Austin. Because when you look at me, you know that I am the one man that in your mind can beat you. Days could be numbered for the WWF champion Stone Cold. Kurt Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to make an example out of you. What? Stone Cold Steve Austin's out of control. That is a sick human being. No, my God, no, no. Austin makes me sick. This belt is mine. It's all mine. <laughs> Austin and Unforgiven. I will walk out of my hometown. The World Wrestling Federation champion. Oh, it's true. It's still true. And you just got to imagine how physical. For the richest prize in our business will be. The match happened 20 years ago, and I'm ready to see it right now. What a great package. It was a great package. Those packages back then were incredible. Unbelievable. I think that's David Sahadi's work. Do I have that right? Yes. Dave Sahadi was the guy back then. He was awesome. Wait, we just got a shot of some folks at ringside. Was that your mom? That was my mom. That's Jackie Angle. Wow. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Eric. What did uh wow, look at Eric. What did uh what did your mom think of you becoming a WWE superstar? You've told us before that you know you you came from a quote unquote blue collar family and, and you've been blessed beyond any expectation financially here, but now you see this adulation from all the fans. I mean, you're one of the top guys in the business, but you and Austin are just definitely one and two and your mom is here seeing it. What's she think of all this? She was so proud. Um, she, she was the only one in the family that wasn't against it. <laughs> really? My brothers. Yeah. Cause you know, they were all amateur wrestlers and amateur wrestling was the real deal. And pro wrestling was fake. And, uh, they weren't, they weren't very excited about me joining, but my mother was like, this is a great opportunity for you. So, you know, I, I took her advice and went with it and my brothers learned to like it. They did. They're big fans now. 
So they just had to understand it, what the business was all about. And I did too. <laughs> it took me a while though. <laughs> Man, I love talking about the good old days of professional wrestling with Kurt Angle, but it feels like the good old days are where our internet security are these days. I mean, don't you think it's weird that we've all really changed the way we use the internet? It's in our pocket. It's on our TV. we got all these apps, but the security tools are pretty much the same. That didn't make sense to me, but aura does. You see, aura provides complete digital security to help protect your online accounts, finances, devices, and more all in one easy to use app. Between your photos, your finances, your devices, and your connections, your world is more online than ever. And you may have security systems in place for real life, but what about your online life? Well, Aura can help sound the alarm if your digital presence is at risk. You see, Aura provides digital security protection to keep your finances, your personal information, and your tech safe from online threats. It's all-in-one protection from identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, and so much more. With Aura, you'll get alerted to fraud and threats fast. Like if your online accounts or passwords were leaked online, or if someone tries to open a bank account in your name, Aura is easy to set up. All the plans come with a million dollars in identity theft insurance to help recover your stolen funds. An experienced US-based customer support team has got your back. Aura is a new type of security service that protects all of your online information and devices with one simple subscription. With an easy online dashboard and alerts that are sent straight to your phone, Aura keeps you in control and guides you through solving any issue. For a limited time, Aura is offering our listeners up to 40% off plans when you visit Aura.com angle. Go to Aura.com angle to get complete protection and savings of up to 40%. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash angle. Man, what a hot start. You guys are already battling on the ramp. I, um, I want to call all this to me, believe it or not. <laughs> this is all him. Tell me what to do every step of the way. He's talking to me right now. So, so this was not improv. I mean, this was not laid out ahead of time. This is all improv here. This is improv. Yeah. Austin was the best at this. I could I see was going into business a year and a half at this point. I didn't have enough experience to be calling it in the ring. So, you know, it takes several years to get that, that art down. what do you think of, uh, that unforgiving steel ramp that you guys used to have on the way to the ring? You took some bumps on there over the years that, that, that couldn't have been fun. Oh, it was a pain, a real pain. Like li literally the worst pain I've ever had. It, you bump on that. It, it's solid. It's solid steel. <laughs> no give. Oh, I like that. The tease of I'm going to, I'm going to do the kick and set up the stunner. It almost looked like a botch, but you made it work where it was not. It was psychology. Yeah, it was, it was Austin's idea. He was great at this stuff. <laughs> and then you catching him with a Thez press. Is that the first time you've done a Thez press right there? Yeah. Steve wanted me to give it back to him because he did it to me all the time. So I said, all right, I'll do it. He called that in the ring. <laughs> Hypothetically, did anybody ever try to do a Thez press in amateur wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> no, nobody ever tried. If they did, they'd probably get thrown on their head. <laughs> it's just so great. You know, wrestling fans are like, oh, Thez was such a great amateur. And it's like the move named after him. You would never do an amateur wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Leave my feet on purpose. I don't think so. <laughs>
man, this is uh, so fun to go back and watch. Do you ever watch old footage of old matches like this? And like that video package? Wow. And, and it brings back a great feeling because this is when the business was really fun and exciting for me. I was new to it and everything was new every week. I just had so much fun. Uh, you know, I told you in other episodes, I was like a little kid in the candy store. I couldn't wait to see what was next. You know, I go in that store and I pick my candy and I keep on picking it and I'd have more options than I ever imagined. And it was just exactly like that. I mean, you know, the writers were on par with me. They knew my character. They knew how I spoke. Uh, we just all had great chemistry together. Even the wrestlers. You know, it's gotta be a rewarding and, and maybe even surreal to be you and watch a match like this, where it's like, you know, you've accomplished so much, but you being you, you're this humble guy who just, oh, I'm just trying to make a living and take care of my family. And, but you look back at this stuff and it's gotta be like, and I know it was just a blur, right? Cause you do so much so fast. Like this is a big show, but guess what? You're on another show tomorrow night. The very next night you're in another town doing another big show and it all probably just blurs together, but then you go back and watch stuff like this and it's gotta be like, man, shit, we did some pretty big stuff. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it is all blurred together. But when you go back and watch these things, you realize how special they were, especially at that particular moment. Um, I couldn't help, but notice when we talked about your mom and her support that hit you in the feels a little bit, that got you a little emotional talking about mom and her support. That's, uh, <laughs> That's cool of you to share that with us today. Well, she, she's the only one in my family who has passed on that I really um, had a hard time with uh, dealing with her death. Uh, you know, I, I didn't have that difficult of a time dealing with my dad's death or uh, my, uh, my sister's death, even though it was my sister, not as much as my mom, because my connection with my mother was incredible. We just had the, the tightest connection that anybody could ever have. And, uh, I, I never forgot that. Well, I'm sure she's super proud of you now, even today, looking down, watching us record a silly podcast and <laughs> you're absolutely right. Conrad. <laughs> so I, you said your brother, wouldn't Oh, nice. You said your brother wasn't all that, uh, into wrestling and wasn't all that supportive, but here he was front row ringside. Is this really the first time he got to see it up close? Yes. Uh, all my brothers, there were, I think there were four of them there and, um, you know, they all came out to see it, uh, by this point they were fans. So, uh, when, when I started training, you know, I trained for about six to eight months before I got on TV, my first year, my rookie year was two, 2000. Uh, they started becoming fans at that particular time. Cause they accepted, me. they accepted that I did it and I was going to continue to do it. So they might as well go along for the ride. We got referee Earl Hebner in there. Where was Hebner uh, amongst your favorite WWF referees? Actually, he's my second favorite. Believe it or not, his son, Brian, was my favorite. Mm. He, Brian had a gift. He was actually the third worker in the ring. This kid, his knowledge of wrestling and psychology, he would come up with ideas for us. Uh, he, he wanted to know every spot of every, every particular match that he refereed. He wanted to know everything so that he could relay it to us if we forgot. So he was invested in the whole match. He didn't just come up and say, Hey, what's the finish. And that, that's usually what the refs do. Right. Uh, you know, but Brian wanted to know the whole thing. 
So in a match like this, where it's the main event, it's on last, you're only real. Oh, you threw Austin off the stage. Your only real parameter here, I assume would be guys. We only have so much satellite time, right? As far as a, a time constraint. Cause I mean, you're on last, you don't have to worry about anybody else's matches. No. And, and uh, I don't know when the satellite time goes out. I don't know if we had a limit or if Vince gave us uh ample time to have this match. So I'd imagine that, uh, the show might've been light because we went, we went pretty long here. Yeah, you did. And the actual runtime on the show, at least on Peacock now is two hours, 37 minutes and 50 seconds. So it feels like there would have been a little more time, which brings me to the next point of was this match. Do you think originally scheduled to go longer? It already went, Oh, look at you flipping him off. <laughs> oh, wow. And the fans are into it, man. They were, they were ready to see that hardened edge of Kurt angle. No more Mr. Nice guy here, huh? Yeah. You know, what's crazy is when I started wrestling, Austin's the reason why I started, I, I was intrigued by his character and what he did. And I always wanted to be him, even though I, I never could be stone cold, Steve Austin, but that was the kind of character I wanted to be. And I ended up being the complete opposite. So when I got to be a baby face wrestling Austin, I became Austin esque. <laughs> Did you even drink beer here? There's no way you drank beer here. Um, I had a couple beers with Austin after the shows, uh, where we would celebrate when we were both baby faces. Uh, so, uh, every once in a while I had a couple beers with Austin. I actually refused it. And, uh, Shane pulled me aside one night and said, Hey, don't refuse a beer with stone cold. You, he's going to get offended. <laughs> so I had to go back in and say, Steven, I'll take that beer. And I, I would drink a beer with him after the show. And, uh, so Shane smartened me up and said, you don't refuse a beer when Austin offers you it. Like, you know, DDP super health conscious too. I think the only alcohol he drinks, if he ever drinks, I still have like a shot of tequila or something. So the idea that you're like, yeah, give me a big old beer. It's like, I don't see that happening at all. <laughs> no, I didn't enjoy it at all. And look, you've got, uh, you got bad intentions or so it looks. Yep. Just like he pile drove you on the, uh, on the concrete floor and peeled up the mats to make sure that concrete was exposed. You've got the same plan here. Yeah. You know, it's crazy because everything Austin did throughout his career, it was like, I was doing it back to him. Yeah. Storyline, everything from, you know, the, the river to, uh, the, the mats to throwing them off the stage, you the know, milk truck, just, the whole thing. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. The beer truck and the milk truck. So it was really cool. I got to relive what stone cold did few years back and of course famously uh lawler is not on this call it's paul Heyman and jim ross and i think that was an underrated duo don't get me wrong everybody loves jr and the king but something about paul Heyman and and his ability to almost act as an antagonist for jim ross was just really entertaining yeah they both had different styles but they were both very effective i love both paul Heyman and jerry lawler they were both incredible of course, these days, a pile driver is banned and oh, big backdrop that couldn't have felt good. Uh, but we just saw you earlier in the uh, package, sort of explaining how we got here. You took a pile driver on the floor. A lot of trust involved in that move. Is there not? Yes. I mean, you know, every time Steve would give me one, whenever he would do it, which he did, I think two or three times, uh, I think we did it twice on TV and once at a house show, but, um, what comes to mind is Owen Hart and Steve. Yeah. And that occurred. So, 
you know, Steve's like, don't worry. I won't drop you on your head. I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, Owen probably said that to you too, you know? So you get a little hesitant because I didn't have a good stack of dimes to begin with I right. broke my before the Olympics. And, uh, probably two years after this occurred, I broke it again. And, uh, you know, so not, not, you know, having to take the pile driver, I was a little scared. Is that the, the most scary move? I mean, you told us before you didn't want to go over the top rope backwards. You would just go over forwards. Was the pile driver like the next scariest thing for you? Do you think? Yes. The pile driver was definitely in the top two. Um, you know, I, I was terrified. Anything that has to do with my neck, I would cringe. It's just, you know, everybody's got their, their stuff, right? Like some guys are scared of snakes or spiders, but when you've had a neck injury, you become very aware all of a sudden. So a guy like you is like, yeah, you want me to moonsault off that big ass cage? No problem. <laughs> a pile driver. How about something else? Yeah. I'll destroy my back and my knees, but I'll save my neck. <laughs> well, listen, there's like an old adage, right? There, there's no pain like back pain. And you know, the neck's obviously part of that. And, and you knew how debilitating that could be. So let's do whatever we can to avoid that at all costs, but it called for it here and you trusted Steve and it worked out. Yeah. Well, Steve's a pro too. I, you know, I know that he wasn't going to drop me on my head because he had it done to him and he knows what it feels like. And he didn't want me to have to experience that. So he was going to make sure he didn't drop me on my head. That Spanish announce table has taken two bumps from Kurt angle <laughs> and it's still standing. It's not breaking today. The, um, the match here, by the way, according to Dave Meltzer got four stars and Meltzer couldn't help, but notice finally, after teasing the pile driver as the killer move, Austin hit it, but angle kicked out of the pen, even though nobody has seen pile drivers in a long time since the WWF did the unofficial ban, the crowd didn't react to them anywhere near the heat. The announcers were trying to sell the move with. Uh, do you think fans at this point, maybe just didn't understand how dangerous a pile driver was? Well, I think it was relatively new to the new fans, uh, you know, because they got banned for yeah. so long. And, uh, so it's not something that we accented that it's dangerous. Um, you know, I, I think the last time they had it on TV was probably around when Austin, got, got, uh, landed on his head with Owen Hart. I don't know. I don't know if they did it after that, but it wasn't a common move anymore. So people weren't uh, aware of what it was and how dangerous it is. So we see Austin throwing you back in the ring here and it looks like he's reopened the cut from the uh, match with Van Dam. I don't know that that's, uh, the old zippity doodah. That feels like a hard way right there. That was the hard way. We weren't supposed to, I, he wasn't supposed to. When you're, um, you're in a match like this and you, you know, you're going over, I guess I should ask, when did you find out that plans had changed and now you're going to win? Do you find out that day when you get to the building? Well, I told you earlier that, um, I called Vince. I came up with the idea about a week before this uh, event and I told him, listen, the country's hurting. Uh, people need a boost. They need someone to believe in. I'm the Olympic hero, the American hero. I'm representing our country during this difficult time. I really think that you need to give me the title, not for a long time, just to give the country a little booster shot uh, of, of confidence and uh, feeling good about who we are. And uh, Vince, you know, told me to talk to Steve. And if it was okay with Steve, we could do it. I called Steve and he agreed immediately. He said, that's a great idea. Let's do it. 
So I only held the title probably for a week uh, and then I gave it back. So I wasn't supposed to win the title at that particular time. I just, uh, I've always been fascinated by the, the whole, I think Bruce says plans change Conrad. And to me, it feels like this is one of those where we could have talked about one idea then maybe we teetered towards something else, but then we get to the day of the show and it changes again. But you knew just after the phone call with Steve, oh no, I'm going to win it at Unforgiven. Yes. I knew right after that, that, uh, I called Vince back and said, Steve's on board. Let's do it. He said, okay, let's make this happen. And we did look, we're all adults here. And some of us choose to use nicotine to relax, focus, or just unwind after a long day. Lucy nicotine is a company that was created to help nicotine users find their cleaner option and feel better about the ways they consume nicotine. Now their latest product is called slim nicotine pouches which contains pure synthetic nicotine and provide the same satisfaction that nicotine users expect without any tobacco at all. Lucy slim pouches use the newest technology for synthesizing pure nicotine in the lab. None of the tobacco, all of the satisfaction from nicotine. Lucy slim pouches include both coconut oil and gum base to provide a soft, fluffy texture that enhances the flavor and doesn't dry out your mouth. They come in three strengths, four, eight, and 12 milligrams and three exclusive and delicious flavors, spearmint, mango, and cool cider. And once upon a time in my life, someone was, uh, well, having their life dictated to them. It, de- it was a debate of who's riding with who and whose car can we ride in and what restaurants can we eat in? Not anymore though. Thanks to Lucy. It's 2021. Don't compromise when you're choosing your nicotine products go with the newest tobacco free options from Lucy Kurt angle show listeners go to lucy.co and use promo code angle to get 20% off your order of Lucy slim pouches or other Lucy products. That's lucy.co and use the promo code angle at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer warning. This product contains non-tobacco nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Of course you already knew that. Lucy.co is the place to be and be sure to use that promo code angle. That's L U C Y dot CO. And the promo code is angle to your point. You went here September 23rd in Pittsburgh. You would lose it October 8th in Indianapolis. So just a couple of weeks later, you're going to lose it on raw. Uh, but I guess what I was driving at was, did you invite your family to the show before you knew you were winning and they were just going to be there? Cause you were in the main event either way. Or once you know you're winning the belt, do you think, well, I got to have them here? Oh, I, I invited my family to the event before I knew I was winning, but it just made it more special uh, knowing I was going to win in front of them. So, uh, you know, either way, they, they already knew. Do you, do you smarten your, your mom up that, hey, I'm winning the belt tonight, or does she see it happen and you just keep her in the dark and it's a surprise? I kept everybody in the dark. <laughs> they didn't know I was going to win. I wanted it to be a surprise. I know it sounds silly, but your, your family is going to come in the ring afterwards to celebrate. So I got to ask, did you guys have some sort of, uh, after show celebration somewhere in Pittsburgh or was it just on to the next town for you? We had dinner at Permani brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you know who Permani brothers I, is. I do. They're in Pittsburgh. I know it very well. Permani sandwiches. That's, I don't know why it just tickles me that. Where are we going to go after we win the world title? Going to go get some sandwiches with mom. That's fun. (laughs)
Did, uh, did your mom have a chance to meet many of the other wrestlers? Did she have a favorite or somebody who she thought was particularly nice? Oh, she absolutely loved the rock and stone cold. So those are the two she wanted to meet. I don't know if she met the rock that, that night, but she did meet Steve. She was so excited. Did she meet, uh, Vince? How was Vince with mom? Vince was great. He's always great with people. He He's so conversational and. Uh, makes people feel special. Vince is a, uh, he, he's got a very, uh, uh, unique gift with that. The gift of gab and, uh, relating to people and being able to get along with them and, uh, make them feel special because he made my mom feel special. He's just charming. He is charming. He's a great guy. It's, it's no, uh, it's no wonder he's successful. Once you get to have a conversation with him, you're like, oh, okay. I see why people gravitate to this guy. Yeah, they do gravitate to him. And we're talking over one hell of a match. As we said, this is a four-star match. Uh, Meltzer would say, um, Austin managed to actually get to where he was under the ropes, but he never grabbed the ropes and tapped out for the title switch. Give him credit. If they were going to do it, they did it the right way. The entire angle family and most of the babyface wrestlers hit the ring for the celebration as the show went off the air. And, and we just talked about a really great match. Not too long ago that you had at SummerSlam that ultimately didn't have the best finish, but was arguably one of the best matches of your career. But this one is right after nine 11 and you do win the title and there is a clean finish and your family's there. So emotionally, I'm sure this is your favorite of the two matches, but the actual match itself, did you prefer this one over SummerSlam or do you think SummerSlam was a better match? This just had more meaning because of the finish. I think this one had more meaning because of the finish, but the SummerSlam match was a lot better uh, for some strange reason. I don't know because if we had uh, more time slated, but um, uh, Austin and I had a really excellent match at SummerSlam. It was one of my favorite matches of my career. And sometimes it just clicks, right? You're not exactly sure why it clicked, but y'all were both just on the that same page. It just clicked. You're absolutely right, Conrad. Climbing up the second rope. Looks like you're trying to set up the moonsault here. Let's see what happens. Not going to get it. Did you ever do one of those spots where somebody knocks your feet out from under and you fell on the ropes and you actually did hurt yourself down there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You mean the balls? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You, <laughs> your feet move and you, 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 you straddle the ropes and you land on your crotch. It, it hurts like a son of a bitch in my head. There was some sort of magic trick and you figured out how to work it. But now I know, nope, just a real ball shot. Here we go. You, you, you want to put your hands down and grab the ropes before your crotch hits it. But some, most of the time you miss <laughs> you get the rope and yeah, it's just, it's, it's a crazy bump, man. It, it hurts like a son of a bitch though. Oh, the old double down that you've told us about Austin's back to his feet first. Who would have been the agent on this match? Do you think would Pat have been around here? in no one for this one, Jack Lanza, he was Austin's favorite agent to work with. So he did a lot of work with us. Uh, that's the guy who we, uh, reported to, and he's the one that helped us with the matches. So I think Jack was more of a, you know, supporter of stone cold. I, I think that he was more old school than everybody else. And that's why Austin liked them. And I think that. Jack was probably agreeable to a lot of Steve's ideas. Right. And, uh, and that's why they got along is because Jack was like, it's your match. Do what you want. I mean, Jack, Jack would give us certain ideas and concepts, but for the most part, Steve would put it together. Yep. Well, sometimes that's all you need, right? Just somebody to not get in the way. 
Yeah, you know, this is the angle where I started figuring out how to structure matches. I was coming up with great ideas too with Steve, and he he allowed me to do that because he made me start thinking for myself. He kept asking me. He would get stuck and say, "What do you want to do here?" And I would come up with an idea. He goes, "That's a great idea. Let's do it." So uh, he he made me. He forced me to start thinking about how to structure matches and to build up false finishes to the finish. And uh, I have to thank Austin for that because I wouldn't have learned on my own uh, if he didn't allow me to. So we saw uh, Austin throw Hebner into the corner. That allowed a little bit of a distraction. You kick him right in the balls, and uh, you do the old double down DDT, and Austin rolls out to save the title, or hopefully. He'd love to lose by count out because he still keeps the strap, but you know that you're not going to let that happen. What was the, uh, the best part about working a Steve Austin match? And what was the worst part about working a Steve Austin match? The best part was his intensity. And the worst part was his intensity. (laughs) (laughs) He was a machine. Uh, you know, I, I, I always blow blew people up and, uh, with Austin, I never blew him up. Not once. And he actually did, uh, blow me up at one particular time. It was Fresno, California. I don't know if you ever remember, uh, heard Austin say, Hey, angle, remember Fresno. Yes. He blew me up in that match. And, uh, so it's kind of become a joke between the two of us, but I never blew him up. I couldn't, he, he, he was in incredible shape. Let's uh let's track a little bit here. He's blowing the snuff and looking for the, the angle slam. But Austin counters. And Austin with the angle slam is all. Austin's gonna be the angle with angle zone. Two, three, and angle. Got a shoulder up. Right shoulder up. Right shoulder up. Man, how great was JR on commentary? Oh, he was so excited to listen to. Uh I've always been a huge fan of JR's. Ever since I started watching pro wrestling, he's always been my favorite commentary. Oh, I like that. He's trying to set up the pile driver and you're just holding the leg, not letting him do it. Just selling and holding the leg, making sure he doesn't get me up. I mean, that works. I like it. It does. It works. It's simple and effective. (laughs) It's what you would do in real life. Absolutely. See, trying to get, uh, out of this predicament. Oh, and we're getting a good shot of those boots there. Who used to make your boots for you back in the day? Oh gosh. I forget. It was a popular pro wrestling boot company that used to come into at house shows and get, get, get us fitted with boots and they, they would end up uh, making them and send them to us. So I think it was something coach something. Mm. I forget what it was called, but it had the word coach in it. Um, don't remember the name. But they were great. These shoes were awesome. I loved all my wrestling shoes. I stopped wearing them because I had a hard time moving in them. I, I was quicker and more effective without them. So I started wearing uh sneakers, uh, right? Sneakers, yeah. <laughs> was there a, a favorite sneaker to wrestle in? Um I usually wrestled uh um I forget what the brand was called. I, I think they were uh they were called AVI something I forget, but, um, they, they were black and, uh, uh, that's why I wore them because there weren't any color to them. 
Oh, here it goes. with the olympics really that really meant a lot to me this is this was my new career it was my new passion and uh, all my brothers knew it it was really cool and look at mom so happy <laughs> so proud yeah that's my mommy and there's her baby boy he just beat the biggest star in the history of wrestling and you see the uh the family jumping in the ring to celebrate let's listen By the way, the undertaker is in the ring, hugging you. The rock is in the ring. This is holy special. (laughs) I was shocked. I was in awe. I couldn't believe these guys came out to congratulate me. You know, they're the biggest stars in the history of the business. And I just started out a year and a half prior and these guys are coming out to pay their respects. I was just like, wow, this is, this is mind blowing. This is a dream come true. I think anybody would be flattered, uh, beyond flattered to have this happen to them. It's unbelievable to think that, you know, I've got the entire babyface locker room and it's one thing to read that in print. It's another, when you're like, oh, you mean the rock and the undertaker, <laughs> I know. that's a big deal. And what a moment. Let's listen to Jr. Get us off the air here. He was selling what a night it was for Kurt angle, for the angle family, for the world wrestling federation. And I love that line about your dad in heaven, looking down saying, boy, my boy did it again. What a great line from Jim. Jim's the best. You know, he, he was so articulate and the words he used were incredible. He, he was, uh, he was the best commentator I've ever known. I, I, I think he would have been, he's done other sports, but he would be great at angle. That's how good he is. Well, I, uh, I don't know what I expected today, but this was our most emotional Kurt angle show yet. What a special day it was, especially with Kurt's mom sitting front row ringside when he won the world title, not too long after nine 11 in his hometown, it was a special day. And, uh, I can't thank you enough for being open and honest and vulnerable with us today. Kurt, this was a great show. Thank you. It was a day I will never forget. I will treasure it forever. And, uh, listen, it feels like, uh, I've got to find a silly way to transition to talk about physically fit.com, but here's the thing. <laughs> if you're going to go toe to toe with stone cold, you need all the damn protein you can get. So cruise over to physically fit.com, click on where to buy, and you can find stores near you. And I've mentioned before, I've got three within driving distance of me, but I don't buy it there. You see what I do. 
as I click order now online. And when you do, you'll see that they not only have chicken snacks, but they've got organic plant protein called snack smart. Uh, and what's cool about this is these snacks are loaded with protein, very little bad stuff, but so much protein, very little sugar. Uh, and by the way, nine 99 gets you a bag. Now that has a whole bunch of servings in it, but when you use our promo code AnglePod, you save 20% off your entire order. So not 20% off one bag. If you order 10 bags, you save 20% on all 10 bags. By the way, they have a tremendous shelf life, but they won't last long, especially if you take them to the office. Take my word for it. It's a favorite at the office. They've got something for everybody. Kurt, your favorite is Buffalo wing and blue cheese. It has the most protein and the least bad stuff for you. Cinnamon swirl though, boy, the kids and the ladies, they can't get enough of that. Can they? Yeah, that's our favorite flavor. That's the fans and all the people that buy the chicken snacks and snack smart crispy protein bites. Their favorite is the cinnamon swirl. And uh, a close second is the sweet barbecue. So check it out. If you haven't already, it's physicallyfit.com. Don't forget to use that promo code angle pod. You'll save 20% off. Now, if you, for whatever reason, don't eat chicken, no big deal. We've got organic plant protein. Uh, you get the same great protein, uh, but you get the same great taste. So check it out. Physicallyfit.com. The promo code is angle pod. You'll save 20% on your entire order. And if you uh, want to go ahead and get Kurt angle to sign something, Kurt was just holding up his world title. Maybe you've got a replica of that. You want him to autograph. Well, cruise on over to KurtAnglebrand.com. You can get everything you're looking for there. Autograph milk cartons, autograph cowboy hats. Maybe there's a wrestling fan in your life. What if Kurt angle sent them a birthday card? You can do that over at KurtAnglebrand.com. But my favorite is where fans get to send Kurt stuff to sign. Maybe you met him at an autograph signing before. Maybe you had your picture with him. He'll autograph that and get it back to you. He'll even do the same with your title belt or whatever. You got Kurt angle t-shirts and how about cameos? That's right. Kurt angle will send a message to you or your loved one just in time for their special occasion. You can get it all at KurtAnglebrand.com, right? Kurt. Without a doubt, man. I, all that stuff that Conrad said, that's all on the website. If you have a, a an item that you want me to sign, uh, that you have at home, send it to the address on the website and I will personalize it. I'll write what you want me to write. All you have to do is give a small donation for charity and it's yours. KurtAnglebrand.com. Can't recommend it enough. You know, at a time when you see a lot of guys selling autograph photos for a hundred bucks, that's not what Kurt Angle's doing. Everything's affordable. Uh, he's thinking of the fans and he wants to make sure we're snacking smart. So be sure you check out physicallyfit.com. I'm really excited about next week, man. This was one of our better episodes. And next week we talk about something totally different. Your debut in TNA wrestling. And as much as you accomplished in WWE and Lord knows, we just watched such a monumental moment, but you actually wrestled longer for TNA than you did WWE, right? Oh yeah. Four more years longer. I went, uh, 11 years in TNA. I went seven in WWE until I made my return. I don't really include my return as part of my wrestling with WWE because I didn't really wrestle that much. I was more of a general manager and got inducted in the hall of fame. But uh, I spent more time in TNA than I did WWE. And we're going to talk about my debut. It's going to be a very special day next week. Yes, it is. We're not only going to talk about the debut, but how it happened. You know, a, a lot of folks thought when Kurt left WWE, well, he's probably done with pro wrestling. Very few people would have thought he would have shown, shown up at TNA, perhaps the biggest jump. And these days, everybody's talking about wrestlers jumping from one organization to another. When Kurt Angle, after all he had accomplished in WWE, jumped to TNA, it was a major happening, and we're going to talk about it next week. 
Uh, we can't thank you guys enough. Hope you're digging what we're doing. Hit the subscribe button. Tell your friends and don't forget to check out physicallyfit.com and use our promo code AnglePod. You'll save 20% off and it's the best possible way to support the show. Kurt, I'm excited. I'm ready for next week, man. Me too. Can't wait, Conrad. We'll see you guys next week right here on the Kurt Angle Show. All right, folks, let's run a timeout right now to talk about our friends at Chirp. Chirp is a brand dedicated to helping the world feel good so they can do more of the stuff they love. In other words, Chirp is all about feel good, do more. To do this, Chirp creates simple, innovative, and effective pain relief and prevention solutions. Chirp started with a revolutionary wheel for back pain, but they really are just getting started. I got to tell you, our experience with Chirp here at the Thompson household has been huge. Uh, Mrs. Thompson hurt her back several years ago, and now whenever she maybe overdoes it at the gym or comes home bragging about a PR, I know what's going to happen later that night. She's going to be in the floor rolling around with Chirp. Chirp is all about helping people feel good and do more. And this back pain is preventing millions of people from feeling their best. When they don't feel their best, they're limited at what they can do and Chirp can fix that. With Chirp's patent pending spinal canal and three different pressure options to choose from, Chirp will help your back feel better so you can be back to doing what you love in no time. The key features that make this product stand out are that there's three different pressure sizes, gentle, medium, and deep. Spinal canal to comfort your spine as our wheel gives your back a unique four-way stretch. Each wheel can hold up to 500 pounds and they can be nested together for easy travel to take with you wherever you go. Visit GoChirp.com and enter the promo code ANGLE to save 10% off site-wide. That's GoChirp.com and the promo code is ANGLE to save 10% off site-wide. That's GoChirp.com and be sure to use the promo code ANGLE to save yourself some cash. Get 10% off at GoChirp.com with the promo code ANGLE. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.